Well, I'm going to announce, be the announcer this morning for the announcements here. So one is, hey guys, this coming Tuesday night uh, is men's Bible study, but they're also having a, a dinner. So if you'd like to come, you have a good dinner. Pat's going to be the same one that does our men's breakfast. So sign up in the back back there. Come check it out. You know, see uh, uh, how it is and what goes on there. So they want to try to promote that a little bit bigger and better. And so praise God, just come and be blessed. Amen. And uh, it is from 6 to 7, 6 to 7.30, right? Right? 6 to 7, that's what I thought, 6 to 7.30. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen? Praise the Lord. God is good. Hey, I have one more big announcement, and it's for, uh, it's actually the, the ladies' retreat that is actually all sold out and, and packed out, but we have nine youth girls that are going to be coming to that, and uh, which is really cool. I mean, that's a really cool thing. And so... Uh, uh, we're going to be, you know, helping them go because they're all going to be staying. We, you know, it was already packed out, but what happened was is that we wanted them to come, and so they're going to be all staying in one room that's up there. It's a big room. It's a big room. There's, but anyways, instead of it costing them $250, it's only going to cost them 150 and we don't want them to pay anything. So if you'd like to sponsor one of them, that'd be a real blessing, okay? Because we'd like to see them go. So it's $150, so uh, there's nine of them, so you can do the math. You know, it's $1,350. That's no big deal. You guys knew that real quick, right? It was easy. So, you know, but uh, praise God. We just want to be a blessing. We want to sow. We want them to be blessed because Samantha's got to be in that room with them. (laughs) And so, hallelujah. Uh, But she likes them anyway. She has to be with them on Wednesday night. So it's all good. And uh, so we're blessed along that line. So I wanted to open that up to you to just be a blessing. You guys have always been really cool to the youth in sponsoring and helping them. And so we're just thanking God uh, that uh, they all want to come. Amen. And we want their lives to be changed. Hallelujah. So if you'd like to do that, hey, you can do that anytime you want to. Amen. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. We got the one. Come on up, Bill. Hallelujah. Uh. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. Hallelujah. Bill talked to me about something, so I forgot to do it. Go ahead. It's good stuff. Go ahead. Um, I taught at Linden High School for 30 years. Yes, amen. And I retired in 2010. Amen. I've been. <laughs> amen. And I've been coaching two sports since then. And so. <laughs> You know, I just wandered campus. I'd go on to campus anytime I pleased, except this year. Where I went to park, mm-mm, gates were closed. I went to walk on camp, uh-uh, that gate was closed. I had to go through a gate, sign my name, show my ID. I felt, you know, I'm messing my passport. Maybe I need it. Anyway, things have changed. Yes, they have. <clears throat> gates are nice. Fences are nice. We actually have a full-time deputy sheriff. That's nice, but yeah. it's not the answer. Amen. That's right. Gun control is not the answer. That's right. Amen. The answer is in the book. Amen. That's the answer right. is in the book. And the Holy Spirit has been working on me. <laughs> and I've been to three campuses now already, declaring and decreeing a hedge of protection around this campus. Amen. And I'd like to do it for every, every campus in Stockton, every campus in Lodi. I've got three more I've got to hit in Linden, but I can't do it by myself. That's right. Come on. <laughs> I mean, I looked in the phone book and all of the campuses in Stockton Unified, and I looked, oh, my, all these are in Lodi. 
it doesn't it, it it just takes you being able you're I mean first of all you're a child of God. Amen. Thank you. You you're a you're a prince. You're a a, a princess. You're you know you are um, we're kings and priests. That's Hallelujah. right. We're kings and priests. Hallelujah. And, Jesus said, all power has been given to me, and I gave it to my disciples, so go. Well, guess what? We're disciples, so go. And if you'd, if you'd like, you know, kind of a prayer for that, pastor's got it. I've got it. You can yeah. pick one up from us. Where your kids go, where your grandkids go, you can declare. Amen. That That's right. hedge of protection <clears throat> around that campus. I actually go and I meet the principal or I meet the vice principal, uh, and so forth. And, and a couple of them have said, hey, can I go with you? And I said, sure, come on. That's awesome. So we went out on the campus and, and we, we made that declaration. And, uh, you know, that's the answer. So <clears throat> what I'm going to do eventually is is uh, I'll give you a phone number and, and I want to try to cover all the campuses. And so if I could just get you to call then and leave that, you know, message of where you were at, who you are, what date you, you took care of it, we can we can get this place Amen. taken care yes. of at any rate. Amen. Well, thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. No, that's awesome. And what it is is just praying over every elementary school, every intermediate school, every high school. Hallelujah. You know what? Because the devil is a liar and the devil's going after our kids. Amen. So we're going to let the, the junior high go ahead and take off. And it's just junior high. High school, you get to stay in here with me. Hallelujah. You get blessed when he's doing the class and stuff, but uh, hallelujah, it's good. Amen? But how many you know it is prayer? And how many you know that prayer avails much? It really does. And when you pray in faith, when you pray believing, it's not just words, but it's really taking some time. And uh, how many you know people really want us to be there? They really do to pray and believe that there's going to be a hedge of protection. Because how many you know we can pray and we can believe God for that? Hallelujah. I mean, we do that. We endeavor to pray and take authority over uh, the devil and all the stuff that's gone on. Amen? You know, we still are trying. If you've walked by down here, you're still looking at our two windows that need to be fixed. They're trying to find a film. I don't know what's going on. I'm going to have to have them just replace the windows and we'll fix the film. I don't know what the deal is, but they're supposed to be getting that accomplished. So, hallelujah. Because we had a person decided they just, just for no reason at all to come up and throw big rocks at it. Because they just mad at us. Because, you know, they just, the devil uses whoever he can to get you, try to get you. But aren't you glad you have authority? Aren't you glad that we have authority? Amen. Because if you, if you have your Bibles, go to First uh, Timothy chapter 6. I'm going to share with you and talk to you about how to fight uh, the good fight of faith. But actually how to stay in faith. How to stand. Because some of you know the enemy is not... Uh, uh, you know, playing games anymore. He's going to come after you. He's going to, they picked the fight. We didn't pick the fight. You know, people have said, well, you guys are doing this. You know, you know what? We as the church, we want to, you know, just share the gospel. We've got to do, we've got a great commission. How many you know that, that we have to understand that we have a great commission? How many know what the great commission is? Two of you, praise God. Do you not know what the great commission, how many knows what the great commission is? How many, okay, let's put those out. How many don't know what the great commission is? Okay, one or two there. Let me just tell you what the great commission is. You know, it's Mark chapter 16 where he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. 
That's the great commission is to go into all the world. Now, lest you think that, uh, you know, those of you who didn't know, lest you think, believe it or not, those of you who said you didn't know, that's 51% of the church does not know the great commission. That's the la- and that was in 219. They did a survey. 51% didn't know about it. Out of the 49% that said they'd heard about it, only 6% even knew what it was. I'm so glad you guys aren't normal. That's the blessing of it. Every time I get all this stuff, man, when you get statistics and you get everything from all these, you know, the Barna research and all these different places that are really great guys, I'm glad they're researching, but it can just depress you. But I'm so glad we're not in that, in that statistic. Amen? Aren't you glad we are in the 6%? We're in the top 10% of the top 10%. You realize that, right? That we do something, that we act, you know? You know, the saddest thing in the world right now is that everybody's having to preach and to help believers believe. The biggest sin in the church is urging anyone to believe. He said, what do you mean, that's a sin? He said, well, the problem is, is that we're believers, right? When you get born again, you're supposed to be a believer. You're supposed to be. What are we supposed to believe in? The gospel. There are three greats in the Bible. One is the great commandment. Or not the great commandment. I mean, that's the last one. One is, is uh, the great commitment. The other one is the great commission. And then the third one is the great commandment. And this isn't part of my message this morning, but we're going to go this way. Because you need to hear it. You need to understand it. The great commitment is not your commitment to God. It's his commitment to us. He's committed. I mean, he's, he's the pig in the ham and eggs theology, okay? You understand that? That pig's committed. He gave his life. That chicken's just involved. We got a lot of chickens in the body of Christ. They're just involved, okay? But we need some more pigs. But anyways, the key is, is that it's God's commitment to us. He's committed. God's faithful. We just sing about his faith and I love, all, you know, it's God's faithfulness to us. Amen. And then great commission is God telling us that we can go because God's going to be with. Because God's committed to us, we can go. Because God's behind us. It's God who's backing us. That's why we can go to the schools and pray. That's why we can go and tell. doesn't matter what anybody else says or does. Amen. Hallelujah. People are looking for somebody that has hope. Amen. They are. They're looking for and then it's the great commandment, which is that Jesus said in John, you know, right there in chapter 13 and verse 34 and 35, he says, this is the, the commandment that I give to you that you love one another. And there's no greater commandment than you have love one for another. Amen. Talking about that. So, that, so we have a great, you know, commitment. We have a great commission and we have a great commandment. We could teach on that. But the key is, is understanding how great God is. The problem with the body of Christ, you say, when I say that, you say, well, I thought we're supposed to believe this and believe this. Listen, believe's a verb. It's an act. You got to do something with it. You got to act on the word of God. Faith is an act. Hallelujah. Believing is great, but if you never act on what you believe, who cares what you believe? If what you believe doesn't govern what you think, what you do, and what you say, what good is it? You can talk all you want to. And you can talk about lifting weights. You can talk about working out. You can talk about doing push-ups. You can talk about doing all kinds of things and enjoy it and admire it and say, isn't it wonderful? I know all about nutrition and I know all about how to exercise 
But if you never do it, it's not going to do any good at all, okay? If you don't put it into practice, it ain't going to work. You can talk about faith. You can quote faith scriptures. You can quote the Bible. But if you don't apply it, if you don't ever put your faith up against something and you don't ever put your faith towards something, if I ask you a question today, what are you believing for today? What are you exercising your faith for today, spiritually and naturally? There's a challenge. You know, we just celebrated Easter. Jesus is alive. Resurrection day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Our Savior lives. This word works. It's the power and the glory of God is taking hold of the word of God. But here's the thing is that there's a fight to faith. Are you there in 2 Timothy chapter 6? Look at verse 12. Because there's a fight to faith. See, the devil raises up and he punched us in the mouth in 2020. And he's continuing to punch in the mouth. He's continuing to try to stop you from declaring the words, declaring Jesus. He's continually trying to do everything, all of a sudden do these things. And yet he's trying to get you that the word doesn't work. Amen. And the enemy's always trying to come and, just, and, and tell you, well, you know, God did it before, but he's not going to do it now. God healed you before, but you're not going to get healing this time. Amen. God provided before, but this time he's not going to provide. Amen? No, God's faithful. God's committed. I got a commitment from God. He's going to supply all of my needs. I got a commitment from God that said, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Hallelujah. I got a commitment from God that said, he never leave me nor forsake me. I got a commitment from God that says, I'm going to finish my course. I got a commitment from God that says, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer in this life. I got a commitment with God that he stands behind his word, that his word can't fail. Hallelujah. And he gave it to me. He put his spirit in me. He gave me the ability to use and to take over. And he said, all I have is yours. Amen. I got a commitment from God. I got a commitment. And lest you don't understand the word of commitment, I got a signed check. Hallelujah. I got his bank card. Hallelujah. And the balance is unlimited. Because he said so. The problem is we don't let him be our provider. We want to do it ourselves. Look at, uh, look at, look at verse 12. Not going to touch that. We're going to go over here. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay over, verse 12. Second, first, first Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto you are also called. And you have professed a good profession or a good confession before many witnesses. Amen. Hallelujah. He also says, and I give you charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Jesus or Christ Jesus, who before uh, Pontius Pilate witnessed a good profession. Amen. Thank God he did. Why did he? He said that you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus hasn't come back yet. That means there's still going to be a fight of faith. Which simply means there's going to be things come against your beliefs. It's going to come against what you're endeavoring to do. We live in a world, hallelujah, that's cursed. We live in a world how to, that, that the enemy has, has control of a lot of things. But he thinks he does. But the problem is that the church hasn't understood they're the ones supposed to be in control. Now go with me over to First John chapter 5. 
I love the book of 1 John, and uh, of course I like the whole Bible, but I like 1 John, and 1 John chapter 5 happens to be a really cool chapter here, but verses 4 and 5 say this, he said, for whosoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith, amen? Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the son of God. That's why I said, how many believers, how many people that we have that are born again know that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? If you've accepted him, if you've confessed him, glory to God, you've overcome the world. And you overcome the world by your faith. All the obstacles that you're dealing with here, you overcome your flesh by your spirit. You overcome the devil by the word. But you overcome the world by your faith. So if anything has to do with worldly things or anything has to do with natural things, it's your faith that overcomes all the things that you need. And it's by faith on how you receive things. Amen? It's funny because, believe it or not, we've got a lot of believers who love Jesus with all their heart, and they truly believe in the Lord, and they're truly born again, but they're getting the snot kicked out of them, and they're being beaten up, and the enemy's been able to bring sickness, he's been able to bring lack, and he's been able to do things and try to come in, and you say, well, why is that? It's because the believing takes care of the spiritual, but your mouth takes care of the natural. And your actions, not just your mouth, but your actions. Because we've got a lot of people who can talk a really good talk. But they can't walk a really good walk. Or they have no actions behind it. Amen? So if you want the natural to change, you've got to change you. And what you've been doing and what you've been saying. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I, I like the message translation of, uh, uh, of this right here. Um, you know, the latter part of verse 4 there when it says that... Uh, victory that overcomes the world is our faith. In the message translation, it says this, the conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith, which simply means that our faith changes everything about the world, everything that's going on around us. And so we have to understand that faith has to be in our mouth. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 says this, what saith it? Faith is, now faith is in our mouth and in our heart. Amen? That is the word of faith that we preach. Verse 9 says that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. Verse 10 says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's how we receive everything from God. Faith has got to be in your heart. It's got to be in your mouth. Because if you just have words in your mouth and don't have faith in your heart, then you're just talking. Okay, that's confessing, it's talking, it's, you know, but, but you don't believe it in your heart. The problem, here's what the biggest problem is. Most Christians are so afraid to take the word of God and apply it and say, this is who I am. Here's one of the biggest phrases that usually defeats people. How are you doing? How are you? <laughs> now, how are you really doing? Come on, how are you really doing? And if you answer in a positive, happy mode, they're just faking it. They're giving me a faith answer. What do you want? I'm going to give you, give you the truth of the word of God. See, because see, the promises of God don't work unless you actually believe them. And even if you actually just believe them but never t- say that they're yours and you don't act as if they're so or you don't actually act as if they actually already are already true in your life, even when it doesn't seem like they're true, they won't work. 
I mean, God, I mean, every Wednesday night we've been doing a whole faith teaching because God just won't let me go. He said, you got to keep doing it because you know what? People are going to need that. Because when the Son of Man comes, is he going to find faith on it? Are we going to be able to believe? Are we going to stand our ground? Are we going to be able to rise up and, and, and defeat the enemy and all the lies of the enemy? Because the enemy doesn't care anymore. He's, he's they're just being blatant. They're being blatant that they don't like you. And, and, it's like an, and it's like, okay, you don't like me? I'm okay with that. The problem is, is that people always want to talk about tolerant. They always want to say, let's get along. You can't. Because the spirit of the world and the spirit of the devil says, no, you have to be like me. There's no such thing there. We as Christians, we've got love, so we know how to get along. We're supposed to get along. We're supposed to walk in love. The world doesn't know how to walk in love. They're selfish. They want to get you before you get them. They don't know how to do that. They have, they have no concept of that or no consciousness of that. And we expect the world to act like us. That's crazy. Amen? It is, folks. It is. And the thing that the world needs is Jesus Christ. They need to get born again. They need the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But how do we help the Christians? How do we stand? How do we fight? Someone says, how do you fight? How do you fight spiritually? The Bible says, how do you, having done all to stand, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, having done all to stand, stand, therefore. It says, having your loins girt about with the truth. Amen? Well, I want to think about it is we got to find out this is the truth. He says, your word is truth, right? John 17, 17 says, Jesus praying for his disciples and praying for us too. He says, Father, sanctify them with your truth. Thy word is truth. Amen? So I want to share with you what you've got to take hold of today and to stand and say, well, no, I have a right to believe. I have a right for these things to take place. God fights my battles. I've got a commitment from God. I've got a commission from God. And I've got a commandment from God. Amen? And that's what compels me to do the things. That's what compels me to believe and stand upon the word of God. Because no matter what anybody's saying, this word is the final authority in heaven and earth. Because it's God's word. It's amazing how many people want to Google the Bible and want to get across and how to figure out how bad and how terrible. They did this. They did that. If you'd study this. And they want to believe what Google says over what God wants to tell them out of the word. Amen. I've had people argue and argue. Yeah, but you can't. I said, that's the problem is, is that you're telling me it doesn't work. And I'm telling you, you're too late because it already works. That's like, that's like doing something. That's like somebody coming out and said, well, we got to figure out how it works. No, I can tell you how it works. No, 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 no. Because we can't do that. You can't do that because we found out that that manuscript's not right or this thing. And I said, well, who did you find? Oh, the, well, you, you can Google it. You can do this. You can get on there. I said, yeah, I know. Somebody put that on there. Do you know that, that every computer is only as smart as its user? Because Greg has a computer. I have a computer. His computer's 10,000 times faster, stronger than my computer and smarter. Not because of the computer, but who's using it? Amen. You know, Hallelujah. It, you know, he, he look at this and you kind of go, hey, what's that? I said, yeah, but it, it, it does. <laughs> you know, one of the things that we've got to do, and especially in the area of faith, is we've always got to keep our eyes on Jesus. And you keep your eyes on Jesus, you always got to keep your eyes on the word of God. Jesus and the word are the same. This word is the same as if Jesus was here, right here, personally, present with us. 
Did you know that? It does. That's what the Bible says. That's what he said. He said this word. You know, that's why the centurion could say, speak the word only because you've got power. And he gave us his word. He gave us these things. He gave us one of the, one of the big problems is, I'm going to jump over a ton of things, okay? I'm going to go over all the way to the back part of my notes and do it here. You guys ready? Let's just do this. Because here's one of the biggest reasons why people don't know how to fight is that you don't know who they are. Number one, you have no idea what you got being born again. You just think you got salvation. But you don't even know what that word is. Or you think that you got, I got a ticket to heaven. Glory to God, I missed the hell. I got on the right bus. <sighs> Amen? No, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus. You got the life and the nature of God in you. How did you? You became a part of the family of God. You got translated out of the kingdom of darkness. When I said you got taken out of the kingdom of darkness and you got put in the kingdom of light. You became the, into the kingdom of the son of his love. You, got, you came out of there and God said, I'm committed to you. I am committed to make sure that you make it. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to you. People say, well, how come he's so committed? How come my life's this way? Because you're not allowing him to do anything in your life. The wonderful thing about God is, is God's a perfect gentleman. The, Jesus is a perfect gentleman and the Holy Spirit's a perfect gentleman, which simply means they won't do anything unless you ask them. Amen. They'll stand there and watch you die. <laughs> but if you'll reach out and say, help, bam, they're committed to help you. The Holy Spirit said, we have a helper. But if you don't ask the helper, you're on your own. <laughs> Say, well, that's not right. He, he, if he knows this, why doesn't he just do something? Now, let me just ask you, let's, let's just answer that question for ourselves right now because it's a big thing. You know a lot of things that need to be done. Why don't you do them? Because you don't believe that it's going to do any good. <laughs> We don't, we don't realize, man, when we got born again, what we all got. Man, all the ugly got taken out. Now, we wish the ugly would have got taken out naturally, but that didn't. But we know that everything else, all the ugly on the inside got taken out. But I believe also that when you go with God, you, people just get better and better every way. But the key is to understanding the new birth or just understanding that we've been born again, that I'm a child of God. I've got rights. Did you know you got rights? Did you know that this New Testament is a New Testament signed and sealed by the blood of Jesus, that it's a legal document? In the, in the laws of heaven, it's, it's legal, everything. When we do something and God says there needs to be justice, Jesus stands up and says they're covered with the blood. He says they're covered so there doesn't have to be justice. There's going to be mercy. There's going to be mercy. There's going to be grace because Jesus paid the price. Amen. Jesus paid the price. Now, a lot of people say, man, I just know I'm saved. I'm so glad I'm saved. And that's, thank God for that. But then you don't understand what all inner tales are with that, which means you don't understand our place in, in being in Christ and also his place in us. See, when God puts you in Christ, you become part of the body of Christ. Did you know that you're seated at the right hand of the Father spiritually right now today? That you can't get any higher spiritually. You got the position that the devil wanted. 
See, Jesus was exalted and exalted up to the right hand of the Father. Amen? The Bible says that we're his body, that we are in Christ. So being in Christ simply means this, is that we are part of his body. Hallelujah. We're part of the family of God. Amen? So I don't care if you think you're the bottom of the little toe. You're still there. Amen? Hallelujah. And guess what? Satan has been put under our feet. If he's put under Jesus' feet and we're the body, he's been put under our feet. Amen. And he raised us up together to be sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so when you exercise your faith, you are exercising your faith in believing what the word of God says. Because faith has to, begins where the will of God is known. It has to be in the word of God. Amen. But that's our place in him. Thank God. For that's where we are. And it's like, whoa, we're spirit. Yeah, isn't that great? But you need to understand his place in you. So that you have authority in the earth so you can actually take dominion. It's time to take dominion. It's time to tell the devil, take his hands off all your property, all your things, all the lies. How did he say, no, 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 no. God fights my battles. God's going before me. Favor goes before me like a shield. No weapon formed against me can prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I can say, I can condemn you. I can say that's a lie. It's not true. And you, and you have to stop. Why? Because God said, hallelujah, that their righteousness is of me. Said God said, I'll fight their battles. I'm committed to him. I'm committed to her. God's committed to you. Say, well, who do you think you are? How much time you got? (sighs) Amen. Why do I I get excited about that? Because people, it's the hardest thing for Christians to do is to think well of themselves. I know the Bible says you don't want to think too high of yourself. Hey, listen, most Christians really think too high of themselves by putting themselves down, by not acknowledging how great God is in their lives. See, it's not so much about who we are in Christ, because thank God that's who we have. But what is God doing in you? The Holy Spirit's in you. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. He said, me and my father, we're going to come. We're going to make our abode. with. We're going to live in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be there, the power of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God that you have that authority. You have that power. Amen. To deal with the enemy. And to take authority over his lies, to take authority over his, his, what he's trying to do. Amen. I'm not telling you. See, it's so difficult for us to handle that because then people go, well, you go to that church, they just think there's something. <laughs> no, because we know how to humbly, because we know about the third great. Got one great commitment, got one great commission, and we got one great commandment, and that's to love. And when you understand love, it's like, no, God loved me so much. My place, it's in him I live and move and have my very being, Acts said. I can't do anything without him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's so wonderful. And we say, well, how do I, how do I get that registered on the inside of me? Well, you got to understand righteousness. You got to understand that he who knew no sin was made sin for you so that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you have a right standing with God, that you're not in fear. You can go into the throne room of God boldly and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says we can go, we can get in without any condemnation or without any guilt. So say, yeah, but pastor, I missed it. I, I know, Repent. Ask God to forgive you. Let him wipe it up, then go in. Hallelujah. But be in the exact thing. It's just like, hey, I tell you, my son Aaron, who's Pastor Aaron, now he's Pastor's Radius Church, and a blessing. But when he was growing up, he taught me so much about the love of God. Because he'd get in trouble, 
And we had, a, we had an understanding. When you get in trouble, we deal with things and handle it, and then that was it. You know, we get forgiveness, get things, and we had a whole thing. And, and he would do something and get in trouble and, and get disciplined, all different things, but it wasn't 30 seconds later, he was asking for the moon. And you'd be like, you, and I wanted to say, I wanted to, you, but he's like, wait a minute. We asked God to forgive us, and it's gone. He puts it as far away as the east is from the west. You can't remember it no more. And you got to act like God. Because that's what you said. And he did that for years. And he would do something. I mean, literally, I mean, it might be six times a day he'd do something terrible. But he'd come back with, hey, let's do this. And I'd be like, you don't deserve it. I'm not sure I beat you hard enough. <laughs> Sorry for all of you, but we had a paddle. We had a thing. Little boys, I had, they were challenging. So they, uh, all of my kids love God, serving God. They love God. I didn't, we used the word of God. I did everything everybody told me I shouldn't do, but they're all blessed. And they're alive today to talk about it <laughs> in spite of me. The one thing that I realized I had to teach righteousness and he understood it. He understood forgiveness and he understood. And so he said, wait a minute, I'm forgiven. I can ask anything. Yeah. And he's right because that's gone. See what we're doing is we're allowing our past. We're allowed so many things. And the reason we're allowing our past is because we truly haven't forgiven ourselves for our past. We truly haven't looked at ourselves as being right, right with God. And if you're not right with God, you know, then you just repent. You just, what do we mean? Just ask God to forgive you, stop it. What you do is you admit it, you quit it, and you forget it, and you go and sin no more. If you don't do that, you're not, you're going to always be, be difficult. Well, I just don't know if I can, because see, if you have a sense of unworthiness, if you have a sense that you're not, haven't done right or haven't, you're not going to have any faith to grip. You're not going to have any holding power. So you got to check yourself. See, when you understand righteousness, hey, I belong to God. No matter what anybody says or does, me and God, how do you? I love him. He loves me. I may not do everything right, but I can stand before him. I, if I do know what's going on, I just let God be God. You know, 1 John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. How do you? And, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Which means, if I don't know I'm doing wrong, even though I may be doing wrong, there's been times in my life I've looked back over my life and said, God, that wasn't even right. That, was, those, that, was, that preaching was wrong and that acting was wrong and, and you still bless me. He said, but you didn't know it. I said, well, why didn't you correct me? He said, if I'd have corrected you at that time, you'd have shipwrecked. See, that's where the body of Christ messes up being the Holy Ghost because they think they got to correct people and it ain't your job. It's your job to pray. It's not your job to go correct. I mean, glory be, Facebook is the correcting part of the world, you know. It's horrible. Let's get in big fights. Okay. Sorry, I didn't know God was going to meddle with you this morning. But uh, why is it so important? Listen, the enemy is attacking. He is coming against the body of Christ. He's trying to cross strife. He's trying to cause division, 
And you need to know how to pray against it. You need to take authority over strife. You need to take authority over it. You need to get your faith into the mix because you say, no, 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 no. God said, God, God said, I go. I have favor. God's going before me like a shield. Hallelujah. No weapon formed against me. It may form, but it can't prosper. When you understand righteousness, it changes everything about it. You know that God says some things. Amen? Romans 5.17 says this. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Amen? God wants us to reign. He wants that. That's how you fight. You fight from a position of power that you're already seated at the heaven and you can look down and know that the enemy's under your feet and say, wait a minute, all of heaven's blessings are mine. I've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Glory to God. God's given me everything that pertains unto life and godliness. Now, I'm not just spouting off. Those are all scriptures. You can't have faith unless you have the word of God. Ephesians 1, 3, amen? Hallelujah, Second Peter talks about that we've been blessed with these great and precious promises so that we might be partakers of his divine nature. Hallelujah. We can take hold of this. But you gotta, and how many know the enemy's gonna come? Because we have a tendency to always walk by, well, how do I feel? Or how is life? Or how is this? Or how is that? I mean, all of us that are getting older can talk about all of our aches and pains and, and things that just not working properly. Who wants to do that? Amen. But I understand all that. It's like, hey, that's why you got to just say, hey, I'm just so glad to be on this side of the ground instead of that side of the ground. It's all good. (laughs) But here's something else really quickly. Here's something else. This is the greatest power that we have. One of the greatest things other than the word of God being alive in us is that, isn't it amazing? Jesus said, go and in my name you can do this. The great commission was, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And in my name, you're going to cast out devils. In my name, you're going to speak with, with new tongues. In my name, if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt. In my name, you're going to have a power and authority over serpents. Amen? You know, in my name, you're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, you pray and ask the Father and he'll do it for you. In my name, you go forth in my name. Because people say, well, how come in the book of Acts, they just baptized in the name of Jesus? Because everybody they were baptizing were Jews. They all believed in the same God. Because you couldn't baptize them in that. You know, Jesus told us to go and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I think the name of Jesus is the highest name that he has given us, Jesus of Nazareth, in that because there's no other name given among men under heaven whereby we can be saved, the Bible says. Amen? So well, what is that? We just use it like a magic wand? No, you got to believe in it first. And you got to have reverence in it. And you got to be appalled when somebody uses it as a cuss word or if somebody uses it just to say it without giving reverence, without giving honor. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, it's amazing when we look at things and how, how we've come. But you also know that that name is still the only name you're not allowed to say in public when you're up in a political area or if you're up, you know, dealing with the courts. or de- You're not supposed to pray in that name. You can pray in any other name. But if you say the name of Jesus, this freaks everybody out. Because, see, that name still has power. Yeah. That name is the only name by where you can be saved, amen? That name is so, so wonderful, hallelujah, and what takes place. Thank God in that name, you know, all hell trembles and all heaven stands at attention, amen? Thank God for the name of Jesus, hallelujah, and it's, it's our Lord and Savior's name because we know 
There's people that are named today, just name Jesus or Jesus, whatever. But the key is it's Jesus of Nazareth. It's understanding the power backing that name. Amen? You remember that. Remember Acts 13, or Acts 3, excuse me, not Acts 13, but Acts chapter 3. You know, Peter and John are going to the temple. Peter looks around, fasten his eyes on a guy who's been laid at the temple his whole entire life. And the guy's looking, he's trying to say, you know, give me, you know, help the poor. Peter says, hey, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I And he, he grabs his arm in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He rises up and walks and gets and goes walking and leaping and praising God into the temple. And see, so then later on, they want to make Peter and John gods. They want to make Peter and John these great things. And Peter said, whoa, 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 whoa. What's wrong with you folks? That like we did that. We didn't do this. We didn't do this. But, let, but if you want to understand how did this man be made whole in the presence of you all, it is the name of Jesus. It is faith in that name. It is through Jesus Christ and faith in his name that's made this man whole in the presence of you all. That's Acts 3.16. You know, I just kind of gave you verse 1 all the way through verse 16 to give you the synopsis of it. But you see in it, because when I, there was power in that name. Amen? Isn't it funny that John and, and them all got mad because they said, Master, we saw somebody casting out devils in your name and we rebuked them because they weren't part of us. <laughs> Jesus is like, time out. <laughs> it was working. Because <laughs> that name. He said, Jesus, hey, if they're not against us, they're for us. Don't, let them go. We need some help here. <laughs> Amen. But then you have the seven sons of Sceva. You ever knew that story in Acts? They go in and they're going to cast the devil out of that person. They say, we cast the devil out of you from who the name of whom Paul preaches. And just, you know, and Jesus, we're going to do this. And the demon said, well, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And jumped on them and whooped them and ripped all their clothes off and made all seven of those guys run outside. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we look at these things and we say, well, what goes on? We've never tapped into one of the, I mean, I taught 13 weeks on the name of Jesus over at a Bible school here in the Bay Area uh, many years ago. And uh, uh, it's a, uh, it's just so amazing that we just have really in, got into the in-depth of that. I keep thinking I want to bring my school back and teach all of you, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Hallelujah. Let me give you the fifth thing. Let's close. Let's, let's get in. There's nothing. Is that, and this is one I wanted to get to. I just gave you those for benefits. This is the one I wanted to get to. Hallelujah. One of the biggest keys is we really fail to know how to act on the word of God. How do you take the word and apply it to your life? How do you meditate on the word of God and get it so that it drops down in you? It drops down. Let me just share something with you. I'll show you a little story. Lillian B. Yeoman was a medical doctor at the turn of the century who got hooked on medical drugs and everything and just really lost her practice, lost everything, uh, got saved, got hold of, and then got healed. So her and her sister decided they bought a house and they made it a healing house. And they said, we're going to bring in people that are incurable. We're going to do things. Her sister would write songs and do things. And so they brought her in there and they brought in this one lady who was dying in the last stages of tuberculosis, which was a big thing at that time and all the things. And they put her up in the room and they said, listen, all I want you to do is I want you to read Deuteronomy 28 and then I want you to read Galatians 3.13 and I want you to read it over and over and I want you to say it, you know, do, do, you know according to uh, Deuteronomy. 
Deuteronomy 28, it says this is a curse of the law. It's tuberculosis is a curse of the law. You know, it's consumption, what it says in the Bible there. It's what it is. But according to Galatians 3.13, how do I been redeemed from the curse of the law? For it is written that cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree so that the blessing of Abraham may go on the Gentiles. Deuteronomy 28 says that uh, tuberculosis is a curse of the law. Are these things here? But according to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Therefore, I'm healed. So that lady did that for 24 hours? Nothing. And she said, are you doing it? And they said, well, I am. I don't know why I'm doing it. She said, just read it again. Just read it. Had a Bible. Read in the Bible. She did it again. For another 24 hours, nothing happening. She said, well, why don't just read it again. But on the morning of the third day, that lady jumped out of bed, ran downstairs, who couldn't get out of bed. He was totally dead, who totally did, come downstairs and told, you know, Lillian B. Yeoman and her sister, hey, guess what? According to Galatians 3.13, I've been redeemed from the curse law. Hallelujah. So Deuteronomy 28, that's in there. And they said every disease in it, I'm healed. And she was and walked out healthy. And that didn't even get prayed for. Why? Because she just read the word and it, all of a sudden it dawned on them. So many of us, we read the word one time, say, okay, Lord, I believe you and I receive. I've been, you know, according to Mark eleven twenty four, 24, but therefore what things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. I believe it. I receive it. Thank you. I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we're sort of like, uh, how, how, you, know, uh, uh, you know, Gordon Lindsay who wrote 256 books, okay, was the, he started Christ for the Nation Bible College. And uh, he uh, uh, was, you know, incredible man of God, credible teacher, all things like that. And he developed a big giant goiter on his neck and it was going out and it was closing off his airways. Well, he just, you know, he slapped his hand and said, in Jesus' name, I just believe I receive, I'm healed, I'm good, I'm doing this. And he just kept going. And he was walking through an airport and he just fell over because the air went out, passed out, ended up in the hospital, asking the Lord, saying, Lord, what's going on? He said, he, he said, you didn't even ask me. You didn't talk to me. You didn't do anything. He said, you were just thinking you're going to keep going and not even take time to do anything here. You didn't take time to take the word. You didn't take time to feed. You didn't take time to do it. He said, I have to stop you or else you're going to die really young. See, we think we can take this because we know the word of God. We can just kind of use it here instead of getting hold of it, taking hold of the word of God. Hallelujah. And deal with it. Say, Lord, what do we need to do? How do, what do I need to do with this? I need to take authority. This needs, this needs to be, this needs to take, I need to take the word. I need to get the word down in me. Even though here's a guy that's written all the has all this, you know, and then, but thank God he repented, did think God healed. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Because sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to tell God what he's going to do and how he's going to heal us. And that messes you up. And you say, well, I don't understand why they died. I said, because they chose, they didn't choose the way God wanted to heal them. They chose the way they wanted to, and that wasn't the right way. There's eight methods of healings in the Bible. I know you all knew that, but it's all good. (laughs) Hallelujah. But anyways, and sometimes the Lord says, hey, they're going to do it like this. And uh, so how do you know which one? Take time and stop to pray. Let's pray. Let's do this. Amen. Hallelujah. We've got to take time to applying the word of God. Is get, find out, let God give a scripture to you. Do you know, one of the things about it is that it's so funny because God can give you a scripture. And then uh, uh, when he does, hallelujah, there it is. When he does give you a scripture, that's when you can begin to take it on. You can't just take them. You can take them, confess them, take hold of the word of God. But let God reveal one. Because when God reveals one to you, 
you can take it to the bank. That's the one you get to cash in. Amen? That's the one you get to cash in. Hallelujah. You get to take hold of it. And you need to get that. You need to get the scriptures that God's going to use for you. Because then you'll start speaking words of life instead of words of death. Speak the word over the situation. When you speak the word over the situation, it changes everything. Amen? I know I'm giving you tons and tons of things to think about today because of all kinds of stuff that goes on. But the reason I want to do this is because, listen, we're in a battle. And the enemy, and God wants to get everything. He, he, I believe we're going to have a great revival. I believe that uh, in one sense, when I say a great revival, I believe there's going to be pockets, but I believe that I'm not going to stop until we have revival here, supernatural, I mean explosion, to where you can't find your seat. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's why we change everything up. Made you all nervous today. It's all changed again. It's not even the way it was last week. And it may not be this way next week. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Hallelujah. Amen. But we can actually get more people in this way. Not as many as we could get in on Easter, but we can get more people here than the other way. But anyways, uh, that's okay. Because we want... Why do we want more people? Because I want to get the word out. I want people to walk in. I want you to finish your course. And I want you to know how good God is in the midst of chaos, in the midst of everything, how great God can be in your life. Amen. You take the word of God and you find, find scriptures. Amen. Hallelujah. And it may be that you need to find somebody to help you. And don't ever, don't ever think that you have to get it on your own. That's why we have prayer tents, why we pray for you. You know, people have healing anointings. Hallelujah. And they have the power of God, the presence of God. Amen? Thank God for that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just circling the airport right now, just real quick. Let's bow your heads. Father, we honor you. We love you and praise you. Thank you, Lord. I just trust this came out good, Lord. You, you just jumped all around. Hallelujah. You know, we just went from page one to page five in, in a matter of seconds. But that's okay. I trust the Holy Spirit. I trust the Holy Spirit to form fit, to, to turn and to turn. Father, each and every one. Father, I, I just trust them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. There is a scripture for every situation that you're facing. There is a word of the Lord that'll come that he'll bring forth up out of your spirit to speak into that situation you're facing. Because many are facing decisions. Many or some are even facing some very difficult times. But whether it seems just a decision or you're facing a huge mountain or obstacles, it looks like, wow, what's God is committed. He's committed. And he's committed to his word. So he's got a word in due season. But not just the word from the scriptures. He's got a word that's going to come up through you. That's going to be the right word. That's going to be spoken at the right time. Hallelujah. To turn the tide. To turn the tide. To stop the tide away from coming. But it's going to turn it. So that you won't get washed out. You won't get overrun. Now in my spirit I just know this. I know that we have to. Stir our faith up at Harvest Bible Church. We have to understand and know how to, that his word is what's going to hold us steady. It's what's going to bring life to us. Yes, we can pray. 
and God will move. But God's going to move with his word. He's going to give each one of us a word in due season. He's going to show us. And nobody can take that away because that's a word that you got from heaven. It's a word from the spirit of God. How did that God said, I'll do this in your life. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And some, the tide's already turning. Some, you're standing and it's turning. It's turning. Don't be like Peter who jumped out of the boat and walked on the water to the Lord. But then all of a sudden he got his eyes off the word. He got his eyes off of Jesus and he started seeing the winds boisterous and the waves. He started hearing, oh, but they found out this. Oh, but they found out that. Oh, but they said this. Or they said, don't get your eyes listening to the voices. Keep your eyes on Jesus and you will see the miracle consummated in your life. You'll see it take place. You'll see it come to pass. You will. You will. You will. You will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because one word from God can change your life forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we honor you today. Thank you for those that are here. And Father, we never have a service without giving people the opportunity to be born again, to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and to get their relationship right. It's just not, they may have done, you know, been born again before, even in the sense of, but they've fallen away from you. They need to come home. They need to get a no-so and reassurance and take hold. Hallelujah. Father, we know that there's been spiritual blows. There's been natural blows that have taken place. But Father, you're the one, you're the restorer. You're the one that wants to love them and bring them back to life. Hallelujah. So if you're here under the sound of my voice, you don't know Jesus or you've had some spiritual blows and you need to come back home. You need to, you know, the thing of it is it's saying, God, I just want you, I want to know that I'm born again. I want to know that I'm saved. I want to know that you love me because he loves you. Hallelujah. And if you, any one of those th- things that I've just shared, if that's you, just raise your hand. Let's pray. Let's get you back in line with God. Get you back in. So that way your faith starts working. And then like when I ask the question, what are you exercising your faith for, man? Every one of you can get up and give testimony. Give testimony about what God is doing. Give testimony about what he has. And that's not because I'm still believing for the divine suddenlies. Divine surprises. Hallelujah. God's going to do it. He is. He is. He's going to surprise some of you with healing. He's going to surprise some of you hallelujah, with blessing and financial things. It's going to cause that things to turn. Hallelujah. Some with divine revelation. You're just going to know things. You're going to be out of the word of God. Scriptures are going to rise up. You're going to go, yes, this is what I know. And it's going to set you free. Lord, thank you for that. Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you, thank you. I believe that with all my heart. I do, I do, I do. And Lord, thank you that you're turning the tide. Hallelujah, in lives, and that you're making things happen. Hallelujah. Glory to God, we're standing. And having done all to stand, we stand, believing in you, because your word cannot fail. It cannot fail. The church, you've called us to be the church, Father. As long as the church is in the earth, we are the, the top authority in the earth, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love all of you so much. And I'm believing for you. I'm rooting for you. I really am. Let's all stand up. And the, but the prayer team is going to be down here. If you need prayer, God loves you. Hallelujah. Come. Let them pray. Glory to God. Whatever it is. If you didn't want to do it, come. Let them be a blessing. Amen. I love you. God loves you. All of you online, we'll see you on Wednesday.